Thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast. I am Mustafa Sharif, an urban planner, and you're more than welcome to join my big journey of exploring the making of smarter and more livable cities. Please don't forget to follow Urbanistica on the different social media platforms and also let's connect on LinkedIn. Big thanks to Urbanistica podcast partner, AFRI. AFRI is an international engineering and design company providing sustainable solutions in the fields of energy, industry, and infrastructure. Are you ready for a new episode? Let's go for it. So hello and welcome to Urbanistica Podcast Uber. Hi Mustafa, thanks for your invitation. It's a pleasure to be here. How are you doing? Great, going great. Yes, how how is your day now, the previous two days and the utopian hours? Day was amazing. The festival is really super interesting, fascinating speakers, everything is very well organized, so it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, yeah. And you just finished your uh, your presentation as well? Yep, uh, like it was presentation basically on urbanizing artificial intelligence, which is uh, our mission at Urban AI. Yeah, so let's talk about Urban AI, let's talk about the Think Tank. Tell me, what was the background of you starting this Think Tank? So actually, uh, before launching the Think Tank, I did a Smart City World Tour. So yeah. during six months, I explored 12 cities, uh, mm-hmm. 12 different cities uh, like Paris, Copenhagen, Dubai, Amsterdam, Seoul, Tokyo. Uh, London and others and mm-hmm. during this exploration I met more than 130 different stakeholders okay. uh, very different with different background expertise but that all have in common to work in AI in cities yeah. and this is during this project that I really uh, started to be familiar with the use of AI in cities mm. and um, this is uh, basically when I uh, came back from this journey mm. uh, that I decided to, to launch uh, Urban AI uh, which is a think tank doing research and experiments in the emerging field of urban artificial intelligence. Yeah and, and what were you exploring about smart cities in these different cities? So the goal of the project was to go on the ground and mm-hmm. to better understand how artificial intelligence is used by urban stakeholders and how is it transforming cities and how we make cities. And it was really a super, let's say, surprising project because when I uh, started my, my world tour, I had in mind the smart city paradigm and I was really fascinated by smart cities. Mm-hmm. And I was expecting to find, you know, like intelligent uh, vehicles, intelligent machines, robots interacting with each other, exchanging data information. Mm. And actually what happened is that I didn't find any of such smart city <laughs> uh, I had in mind. Okay, because of, why, why do you didn't find? Because like, because it's actu- difficult to implement, difficult to... Because actually you don't have a really smart city. Like, you know, the, the, what we have in mind when we are thinking about it, mm-hmm. this uh, utopia, your new urban utopia, which is about having a f- city that is fully intelligent, yeah. where everything is uh, integrated in a very smart way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't exist yet. Okay. It's because like the, the, the scale is big or because there is no budget to create all these sensors at data collection and or... or well, it's a lot of things. What I what I observed, at least during my world tour, yeah. is a kind of growing opposition and resistance to smart cities. Mm. Like a few examples, uh, uh, Songdo, uh, sorry, um, uh, Toronto, 
uh, sidewalk lab that had to stop uh, its smart city project in Toronto, or the police of Los Angeles that had to stop experimenting machine learning to predict crime, okay. or also Songdo that was described for a long time as a ghost city and that struggled to attract basically residents. So mm -hmm. you have something that doesn't work with this paradigm and how we are imagining um, smart city basically yeah yeah so it's like only a theory like a smart city should be like this and this and this so so there is not an actual smart city city no it's no. It, it, it doesn't exist uh, actually but personally i think it's it's first it's saying something like mm -hmm. it's telling mm -hmm. that we should uh, consider urban technologies and maybe urban innovation in another way that mm -hmm. all those amazing people from all around the world that mm -hmm. are doing uh, research uh, constructing product uh, for cities mm. maybe could be integrated uh, in other paradigm yeah. um, in uh, other um, structures that's what is proposing a smart city basically yes how, how do you define if you define like a smart city how do you define it so usually smart city can be defined as the use of information technology to improve the quality of life okay. uh, of residents huh. by reduce and by reducing uh, the cost of functioning mm -hmm. from urban stakeholders. So uh, really you have those two elements, which is improving quality of life mm. of residents, of urban dwellers, and uh, reducing the cost of functioning. Yeah. The thing is that uh, very often you will quantify the quality of life of residents by the access to urban services mm. and like urban goods. And obviously, it's one part of what is a city, a market. Yeah. But this is not uh, only this, a city, you know. This is also a social space. Mm. Uh, this is a cultural space. This is also like urbanity. Like basically in city, you have multiple kind of intelligence that are inter uh, uh, exchanging information that are thriving. Mm. And this is maybe what is forgetting this definition, this paradigm that... Yeah. In, in face of you, you have something which is much more complex uh, than just uh, a space where people want to have f uh, access to urban good and urban mm, services. Mm, mm. And what, I what is the update that you're bringing with the think tank to, to smart city definition? So we are drawing inspiration actually from Saskia work mm. on urbanizing technology. And basically what he's saying Saskia is that instead of making cities smart, like instead of using, let's say, computational paradigm and considering that your city is a hardware, or software or, or a computer that can be optimized, mm. uh, she's asking to reverse this and to create technology that enrich city nets that enrich complexity, that enrich urbanity, meaning drawing inspiration from how cities are functioning mm -hmm. from centuries, from more than centuries actually, to better imagine uh, those technology that will allow people to better engage with each other, mm. to have more agency, to have more autonomy, to have more connections, uh, links, uh, openness. So this is something uh, maybe a bit more uh, complex than what has been done so far. Mm. So, and how do you how how do you work with this in in, in the think tank? So the methodology is uh, 
really about having different people, different expertise, different yeah. background. And this is, I believe, really the, the strength of Urban AI is that we are collaborating closely with a community, growing community of experts. Today, it's a bit more than 160 different uh, experts from all around the world, okay. uh, like researchers, entrepreneurs, public decision makers. And mm -hmm. when we are doing a project, we are trying to have as many voices mm -hmm. as possible okay. and as many expertise as possible to be to urbanize as much as possible uh, uh this technology yeah do you have like a project that you can tell us about yes yeah, so we, we are currently working on what we call sensible interfaces yeah. so basically the goal is to turn sensors into interfaces or to be more precise to associate interfaces to sensors mm. so so far you mainly have invisible sensors uh, in the city and because like a sensor like sensors it can be like uh uh, your smartphone, it mm -hmm. can be like your credit card, it can be CCTV camera, air pollution sensors. It's objects that as sensors are unnoticeable. Uh, I'm not saying that your smartphone is invisible. Yeah. I'm not saying that your credit card is invisible. I'm saying that as a sensor, it's quite Could be, yeah. quite uh, invisible uh, with, with this function. Yeah. And so this have a, a lot of issues. Mm -hmm. One of them uh, that has been point out by several scholars is the fact that you are creating surveillance system because it's a kind of panopticon basically mm. um, and so what we are proposing is to break this logic okay. and to urbanize sensors to create interfaces so basically to put back in public space uh, in cities in street some of the data that are collected mm. Mm. and 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 what kind like how, how do you, when how do you put it back so, uh, and this is where we are closely working, for example, with a, a, a design agency called Superworld, yeah. which is really amazing and yeah. in collaboration with different uh, cities, different uh, researchers. And the goal of our interfaces is first to not use a screen, mm -hmm. to be multisensory and to be as low-tech as possible. So when we are giving back uh, uh, data to people, mm -hmm. we are trying at the end not to use their screen, the smartphone, or any other common interfaces, but really to engage them with the data. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about displaying information, it's about creating also like a narrative, uh, a bond between people with the place and, uh, and the sensor, yeah. and the, sorry, interface. Yeah, and do you see like, um, when you talk about data interface, artificial intelligence, do you see pe people working with cities, like uh, urban planners or designers, see that, okay, no, this is like too much of uh, IT, too much of programming, I don't understand this, let's not work with this. You mean from municipalities? Yeah, like municipalities or, or designers, studios. So, for sure, um, AI is not yet massively adopted by uh, urban stakeholders. That's, mm. that's, a, that's a fact. And it's also because you might lack uh, expertise uh, sometimes, also because um, some institutions or some organization might be afraid. But what I'm also sure is that, especially with the, the arrival of ChatGPT and generative AI, mm. you have more and more stakeholders uh, that want to engage with AI, that want to at least understand what is the technology, what's happening. So mm. you're right that for maybe so far, like most of the city are not yet using artificial intelligence. That's true. But uh, now 
more and more are aware of this technology, mm. want to define their strategy. And you have actually more and more cities that are leading uh, the way uh, at the international level to adopt artificial intelligence. Yeah. And and how can a city start working actively with AI? What is like, what are the different steps? So that's not an easy question because one of the so we, we we did a manifesto like uh, three years ago and in this in this manifesto we we explain what we mean basically by urbanizing technology and urbanizing ai and our first uh let's say um element our first feature was to say technology need to be localized and situated mm -hmm. so you you cannot really provide a universal answer to say like all cities mm -hmm. can use ai like this but what you can do indeed is maybe help them first to better understand what is artificial intelligence. When you are engaging with such technology, how you can frame a strategy. So we recently published a guide, uh, mm -hmm. an urban AI guide, okay. um, in which we are doing this work basically. Like we are doing an urban AI anatomy mm -hmm. and we are describing all the different layers of an urban artificial intelligence. Like this, if you are a municipality or an urban stakeholder, you can first better understand what is an urban AI? And yeah. then we are also sharing advice for each of this layer. Like, mm. okay, when it's about sensors, what you can do basically to better govern this technology, to better collect this information, et cetera, mm. et cetera. Yeah. So this is maybe for the technical part, but what needs to be done for sure mm. is to insert this technology in a political strategy, in a political governance. Okay. And this is maybe one of the most important things, and this is where amazing cities like, like Barcelona, uh, like Amsterdam, mm. like New York, are also showing the way in, yeah. a, in, in a sense, yeah. because they are integrating those technology, those existing technology, to local plans, to local mm. ambitions. And this is really what you need to do when we are talking about technology. Yeah, and and you mentioned there are different layers, starting from like understanding what is AI about. What What is the, the, the highest or the, the last layer? Like okay, the, so the, the goal, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's a good question. And maybe I, I should have been uh, more accurate. Uh, <laughs> all the layers, they are actually part of a system. Okay. So they are interconnected. Mm. So it's not like... It's One, not two, three, four. Exactly, okay. exactly. Like each layer is interconnected with each other because when you have, let's say, data visualization, yeah, like it's not just a final output of collecting data because data visualization might be updated also yeah. by the other step, like mm. by data processing, by data collection, mm. um, uh, by machine learning mm. Uh, mm. use. So it's, it's really a kind of system that we described and the fact that all those layers, uh, they are... Uh, interconnected yeah, with each other. Yeah. So we are moving from smart city to what city? Like AI city or what do you call it? I would call it city. <laughs> <laughs> I would call it city and instead of making cities smart, uh? I think that what we should do is shifting paradigm yeah. and having a look at technology to urbanize it. You know, It's not cities that need to become something maybe like more intelligent, <laughs> more computational, mm. more smart. It's technology that need to be better inserted in how cities are working because cities so mm. far mm. Uh, have well functioned for centuries, you know. Uh, yeah. They are resilient system. They mm. are able to welcome different legacy, different generation. So yeah. as a system, even as a technological point of view, mm. 
this is amazing what cities can do. Yes. And so instead, if, if I would have to, to do a choice, I would say if I would have to do a choice, I would say that it's technology that would need to be urbanized and to be integrated to how cities yeah. uh, have been worked so far and should work. Yeah, uh, I guess you, you heard about 15-minute city concept. Yes, and uh, other other like uh, cities approaching this uh, spaces for people, human-centric cities, and it's about like more very simple and light elements, uh, spaces, connect spaces, mobility, and so on. Uh, not talking so much about data, sensors, and so on. So how can we integrate these bo both? Like this uh, traditional way of making cities with not so much data <laughs> and uh, your your like perspective now telling about sensor and uh, data and so on how do how do we link them to each other so that's that's a very interesting question actually i had the opportunity to to collaborate with carlos moreno yeah who is uh, like the founder of this concept and i can tell you that uh, he and his team are actively working yes yeah on using data Maybe not uh, artificial intelligence, and actually, no, they are also working on using artificial intelligence to better implement the 15-minute city. And here it's interesting because the 15-minute city, this is a political vision, you know? And this is like an amazing idea to say, okay, like um, we should better organize density, basically. And we should better use urban spaces, mm. interactions, and so when you have this vision, then you can use technology mm. to better implement it. And you have plenty of possibilities. One possibility, for example, would be to use, let's say, algorithms or data collection to better understand how long buildings are used during a day. And then to connect also uh, empty space with demand, you know? Mm. so. That's one example just that, like this. But what I, what I mean is that when you have the political vision, uh, when you have this kind of, let's call it a, a utopia, uh, then the, the technology can come and can be instrumental to mm. realize this, this, uh, this project. Yeah. And, you know, there is a lot of policies about data, gathering data, say, sharing data. It, does these kind of policies make it uh, difficult for for you to work and uh, sync data I, I have no idea what are the policies now are, are they like strong policies good policies what do you think well it depends a bit uh, let's talk the... about Europe maybe no, well Europe is definitely uh, leading the way in terms of regulation and policy uh, personally I, I don't believe that regulation is a bad thing mm -hmm. uh, because it's actually a lot to better use technology first and to make public some discussions that should be public you know okay. that that's a kind of uh, like common like making common uh, some debate that we should collectively ask mm. because we cannot for sure let in private hand too many power and too many let's say possibility when we, we are we are talking about artificial intelligence so we need uh, to collectively discuss it, publicly discuss it, and regulate it. And this is what is about regulation. You know, it's just making res, pu res publica mm. things, like common things, um, uh, in, uh, in in the debate and to to discuss it. Mm -hmm. Do you? F d is there like a lot of open source data now when you work with the city development? 
So you you have a lot of uh, open data for uh, sure, uh, like um, from the city or from from whom? Cities, more and more cities uh, are having their own open data platform. Okay. And this is widely used by researchers, by entrepreneurs mm, mm. Uh, to feed their model or to train their artificial intelligence. So that's uh, a first, uh, a first uh, way, let's say, of using open data. You also have actually open models, mm. you know, like uh, open algorithms mm. uh, that are driving, uh, let's say, AI innovation. So it's indeed interesting to consider the role of Uh, open innovation in this AI ecosystem. And for sure, for sure, it is an important role um, that is helping a lot of different yeah. stakeholders, sometimes stakeholders that don't have enough resources to develop their own model. Mm -hmm. Like I, I have in mind like this uh, this open model that was developed, I think it was like by by Los Angeles uh, to regulate micro-mobility. Micro so they, they develop um, their, their own open source model that then have been reused Uh, by different direction of mobility mm. from other cities. So it's interesting because here you can see that open source technologies yeah. uh, is a way also of creating collaboration for those technologies that might need uh, a lot of resources, mm. a lot of expertise, and mm. which is why it's always um, more than welcome uh, to collaborate on this topic. Yeah. When, you, when you work with this, Um, making cities, how to say, or planning cities or designing cities with data, what are the difficulties you face? Um, you mean, you mean as urban AI or yeah, yeah. So urban AI, we 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 are a think tank, so we are we are not directly um, integrating data, for example, to do urban planning or mm. architect. Some of our partners uh, are doing it, and. I think they might tell you that something that is always complicated is to have the right data to clean it <laughs> and uh, to well use it. So like you have a, a big issue around around data, like uh, how to, to, to find relevant data that is updated, mm. uh, that, is, um, that is clean. Uh, but I mean, again, I'm not an expert in this field. I know, I know uh, people from the community that are daily working uh, with data For uh, for cities, yeah, and uh, and I think that this is one of the of the issues they are they are facing. Mm -hmm. What are you afraid of when it comes to data and AI? Um, I would say that um, some data that shouldn't be collected uh, are collected, uh, like like for example, um, so. You, you can use computer vision, for example, um, to do kind of behavioral analysis. And by doing those behavioral analysis, mm. uh, the goal will, would be uh, by analyzing your body language uh, to say if you are going to commit a crime. Okay. Uh, this is for sure something I wouldn't like to see uh, in my city. And so I think that when we are talking about data, it's again about... Um, asking which kind of value do we want to stand for? What do we authorize? What do we refuse? And to collectively discuss uh, those topics. And here again, this is where regulation uh, is needed. Mm -hmm. And uh, w like working, how many um, members in the think tank? One, more than 150, I think, or more? Yeah, more than 150 yeah. experts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What are the, let's say, three trends you see in, in making cities with data? 
like focus or um so the three main trends the first one is like generative ai the use of generative ai de definitely what does it mean G generative oh. artificial intelligence yeah 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 um this is artificial intelligence that will produce uh, that you will feed with some data mm -hmm. and with those data they will be able to produce as output uh, new data by themselves but okay. you, have, you have different models of generative ai but mm -hmm. the famous famous one is chat gpt ha uh -huh. okay uh, mid-journey. Yes, yes. Uh, so this yeah. is what we, 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 we call generative AI. Yeah. Actually, we are releasing a report on it uh, next week, like the, ah. how generative AI can be used for urban governance. Yes. Um, and so generative AI is definitely like a big trend. Yeah. Another trend is the use of AI to decarbonize city. Mm. Something that uh, not only in Europe, but you can see like more and more cities, countries that want to use this technology uh, to be more sustainable, mm. to lower their greenhouse emission. But the how how is it like? Uh, so that's that's a very complicated <laughs> question. <That's> if you <laughs> can like make just uh, make it simple for us. No, no. I mean, I mean, it's a complicated question because it, you have a lot of possibilities. Ah. Uh, like one possibility, for example, that's something that is done a lot is to optimize traffic. Okay. You know, like you will use artificial intelligence to reduce congestion. Uh, another, another interesting use, it's about um, improving the amount of green energy that is mm. used by cities. Okay. Uh, so here again, uh, AI can be used to better predict, to better forecast what will be the need, uh, the demand of energy, yeah. what will be the production of uh, green energy, and in a way to make fit the demand of energy mm. with the availability of green uh, decarbonized energy. Yeah. This is one possibility. And you have also many other possibilities. The 15 minute city, mm. it's a way of decarbonizing city. True. Uh, and technology uh, can be used in this paradigm to help implement mm. this vision. Yeah, yeah. So generative AI, decarbonizing cities. One more like trend or future thing that... How about mobility? Is it a big thing, like using AI in mobility? So it's a, it's a big thing, but not maybe uh, in the perspective we believe. Huh. I mean, not necessarily by having wave of autonomous vehicles <laughs> that will invade cities. <laughs> uh, but actually, this might arrive in some regions. You know, that's mm -hmm. that's why uh, you will have a kind of what is called sometimes urban decoupling or we could even call it urban AI decoupling. Mm -hmm. The fact that depending of regions, you will have different regulation and at the end, different use of uh, artificial intelligence. And so maybe in some cities, mm -hmm. you will have massive use of autonomous vehicles, for example, in China. Okay. Yeah. But in other cities that are more regulated, like Paris, for example, is a good, good example. Um, you might not see autonomous vehicle tomorrow or mm. even next year. So personally, what interests me uh, when we are talking about AI and mobility is how can we shift paradigm, you mm. know? Like for example, how can we uh, better use or better design uh, bike systems? Uh, how can we uh, decarbonize mobility? Uh, how can we make some infrastructures, social infrastructure, urban infrastructure more accessible? Mm. So this is, I think personally, what is interesting uh, uh, about AI, the role of AI in mobility? Yeah, I want to ask you uh, your, about your opinion. Uh, like, um, 
in in advertisement or maybe in a movie or some scenarios we see like flying cars um your house talking to you your house ordering stuff for you you know like all these uh, things uh, is this going to happen in the nearest future or this is like not it's just like a it's, it's not really going to happen it's like a vision oh that's a, that's a complicated question because it's always complicated to to, to predict the future uh for sure, I don't think we will have tomorrow in cities uh, killer robots, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> as you can see in movies like Terminator. <laughs> um, but again, this is this is what I was saying. I, I, I really believe that you will have a kind of urban decoupling. Mm. And we are currently doing a project with uh, Cornell Tech, which is called The Future of Urban AI. Yeah. We are drawing inspiration from an amazing project uh, that uh, was uh, led by, uh, that is led actually by Anthony Townsend, about uh, a, a horizon scan about the future of urban tech. And it's interesting because when you are predicting the future, you see that it's never a straight line, like it's an arborescence, like mm. you have several possibilities that might coexist together, but regional be regionalized. Mm. So meaning that depending of where you are, some futures might emerge because some condition in terms of regulation, in terms of finance, mm. in terms of uh, uh, policy yeah. will facilitate it. So maybe um, in some area we will we will have very connected uh, places, you know, yes. where uh, indeed your house will order for you uh, what you want to eat mm -hmm. or what is missing uh, yeah. in your kitchen. Uh, but maybe in another place, it will be something else because we will say, no, I want to keep agency. I want to order myself at the end of the day ah, what is missing. Okay. So it dep depends on like uh, the, the place, the people, the culture, the values. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You can uh, you can drink water while I'm asking the next question uh, because my next question is about misconsumption. You know wh what are like things you hear about AI and cities, but it's not really true. Um, probably the belief that AI will save the world and <laughs> will save cities. Okay. So techno-solutionism. Each time I hear that we have a problem and that AI will solve it, yeah. let's talk about congestion, mm. uh, security, inequality, mm. and that we say, okay, we have this issue, but fortunately we developed an AI that will solve congestion, that will reduce inequality, that will low uh like the make city sustainable i i think that at this point something is going wrong because technology by itself can never uh solve uh, such complicated problem it can mm. be integrated in a paradigm it can be used also to shift paradigm but if you are using by itself the technology for several reasons mm. you might actually worsen actually at the end the, the solution you wanted to solve. Uh -huh. So this is, you see, okay. But like, so it should be like a human plus the AI or? Yeah, it's it's human plus AI, but it's it's also that cities, you know, it's very complicated things. Like it's uh, open system, mm. incomplete, evolving. And so I'm taking an example. When you say, for example, that we will solve uh, greenhouse emission, congestion, and everything with autonomous vehicles because everything will be optimized. And yeah. So uh, a lot of scholars, they, they show that by itself, yeah. 
vehicles, vehicle, autonomous vehicles cannot be the solution because, for example, if it's cheaper to use a car, mm. maybe you will use it more often. So at the end, yeah. you have an induced demand. So, mm. you know, you will have more use uh, because of a technical optimization. Okay, yeah. So it's like backfire. Exactly. Mm. So what it means is that when you are considering a system, you need to see it at a whole. Yeah. And not as a technical problem. Mm -hmm. Do you do you do you see that, or do you think that there is a need of regulation when it comes to AI and cities and so on? There is a need of regulation for sure. Okay. What kind of regulation you think? In terms of uh, the use of uh, like okay explainability, like okay if you are using AI for specific uh, urban issues. Yeah we have to be at least able or to, 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 to guarantee that this AI will not be biased, for example, you know, this is... Ah, this to one, is like one group or one aspect. Exactly, okay. like, for example, if you are allocating public aid or if you are targeting uh, crime, mm -hmm. this is public issues and it's things that are too important to be uh, biased and led only to automated system i'm saying i'm giving this example because in the past in several countries you had issue around yeah, around this yeah so fact that for example your ai is not biased the fact also that uh people you are giving agency to people mm. you know I, I, like they are not only used by technology they are not only nudged but they are empowered and mm. this is something very important when we are talking about cities because at the origin of city you, you have this idea that, you know, like people own the city and by owning it, they are themselves empowered. So AI should be used also to empower agents of the system mm -hmm. and not only the system. Yeah, yeah. And when you say like uh, we shouldn't make uh, AI being biased to one group and so on, how can we avoid this? Like, um, because I, 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 I'm not so expert in AI, but uh, it's people who train AI, right? exactly. like program it and... exactly. So in the end, there are always people behind it and we cannot really guarantee or, or is there a way to, to guarantee that AI will not be a bias to one group or one so element? So a way is to better balance your data set and to be sure, for example, that uh, if we are talking about crime, yeah. the data you are giving to your AI, it's not only data that will say Afro-American uh, are doing crime because mm. if you are feeding your AI with those data, it's quite normal that at the end, it will reproduce. Yeah. It will uh, systematize mm. uh, this inequality it has been learned, uh, it, it has learned. So having maybe better data set and also better expertise, mm. you know, like in terms of uh, people that are using the technology, they might understand it and they might always understand that it's a recommendation yes. like you know they, they 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 don't have just to it's it's the the final answer it's not the final answer exactly yeah it cannot be the final answer yeah uh, what do you think about cities on mars uh that's that's an interesting project <laughs> uh i would say so that's that's an interesting question because innovations that emerge from this project actually uh, can be very interesting for Earth issues. Like uh, okay. I have in mind a, a great startup called Intercellar Lab, mm -hmm. uh, and they are working on how you could cultivate some um, plants in space. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so 
this is about space exploration and we could say well it's very far from our problem yeah, and yeah. i really uh, understand when we are saying this but actually uh, they are also developing technologies that make it possible to cultivate plants in a complicated environment with limited resources which mm -hmm. might be uh, interesting for more and more regions because of climate change so uh, i will say maybe Living on Mars is not a priority, <laughs> for sure. And we already have a lot of issues uh, on Earth yeah. and with our cities. But I also want to highlight that uh, having a look to the space, to stars, and continue to dream about those exploration, it can also help us to better dwell upon the Earth. Yeah, like um, learning from the environment there, but also I think a lot to do with the how we think the process, how we look at the problem, the challenges, how how we ask questions, maybe. Definitely. Yeah. 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 And uh, what what is what is next for you? Is it like um, projects waiting for you, or what what is the next for the urban AI? So for urban AI, what is next? That's quite exciting. Is that now we are working on experiments. So so far we were mainly focusing on knowledge production, meaning that our goal was to say, okay, something new is happening in cities. This is the emergence of artificial this is the emergence of artificial intelligence. So let's help urban stakeholders to better understand this technology. So yeah. that's why uh, so far we were mainly producing and we will continue to produce open knowledge, uh, open expertise, because really we want to help all urban stakeholders, no matter their background, mm -hmm. to better understand AI, to better use it by using uh, our resources. So yeah. this is what we were focusing on. And now the difference is that we are also going uh, in real life in a way because we are leading experiments. Yeah. So the first experiments we are working on, this is the one I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast about uh, sensible interfaces and mm. urbanizing sensors. So this is really something we, 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 we invest a lot on because it's embodying our manifesto, which is our call to urbanize technology. Yeah. Um, and so this is quite exciting in a way, you know, to now uh, with what we build for the last year, uh, go on the ground okay. uh, in real life. Yeah. And in a way, um, give a, a body, a shape to uh, this collective uh, vision we have. Yeah. So how, how, how big is the team? Not the members, not the 150 plus, like the core team of Urban AI. So the core team, um, I'm mainly w working with part-time uh, yeah. uh, like researcher or experts. And uh, we are five, between okay. five and yeah. six. Yeah. Uh, I'm the only one who is full-time. Yes. And part-time, it's like between five and six people. And can anyone like be a member or how, how does it work? Um, so you have two things. Yeah. You can be a member as an institution. Mm. And here, when you are an institution, uh, basically, you will pay to be part of the think tank. And this is, uh, in a way, our business model. This yeah. is how we have resources, like organization that will say, oh, that's inter interesting what you are doing, the people you are with you, uh, the project you are leading. I want to be part of it. And I will pay. I will yeah. subscribe a membership for this. Yeah. So I, I can be part of a project or get knowledge. Or, or so that's a good question you can you can get both actually okay, really it's yeah. a case per case depending yeah. of what you want mm. uh we will for example you can be engaged in a specific project with your institution mm. or uh, in knowledge production okay we really always try to find intelligent way mm. of uh, involve our uh, community our ecosystem and indeed you can also be part of the think tank 
uh, as an individual. Yeah. And here we do not make pay uh, individual people uh, for several reasons because uh, I, I really think that it's a kind of uh, they, they are already uh, bringing a lot and uh, so um, it's it's a free membership and uh, and here uh, it depends like uh, it's a kind of uh, it's kind of organic uh, progression like someone knows someone who is interesting mm -hmm. and that's mm -hmm. how they are they are joining the, the, the community yeah so should we stop saying smart cities what do you think yeah i think personally that it would be a good start uh, <laughs> to stop talking about smart cities and maybe more about urban technology basically you know mm. like uh, yeah yeah interesting so um at the end of this episode uh, i love that you give three messages to our listeners and our listeners working with like design and plan of cities sorry sorry say, say it again <laughs> um you give three takeaway messages to our listeners three okay uh first one is that when you are using technology uh do it with your own uh background knowledge and expertise especially like if it's an urban one uh you don't necessarily ha to have to use the computational paradigm behind AI. And I would even say you shouldn't use it if you design this technology for cities. And it would be a, a big plus, you know, if architects use AI and construct AI and integrate AI in the same way they are designing building, you mm -hmm. know, like using the same knowledge of uh, situated intelligence of uh, context analysis, uh, creating engagement with the environment, with the people. So bring with you your knowledge. Um, second advice, it will be that AI is not actually the only tool. Maybe it's something that makes a lot of noise <laughs> for several reasons because it concentrates a lot of capital, a lot of uh, investors, a lot of attention. But again, it's one tool among many other, and really you, you have to be able sometime to just not use AI. So try as much as possible to consider it only as a tool mm. among many other tools. Yeah. And then I will, I will, I will give the opposite advice, <laughs> which is uh, don't consider AI only as a tool, <laughs> but at another, actually, uh, at another level. Why I'm saying this, because what I mean is that this technology is never neutral. Yeah, like when you have AI that will be used in the city, mm. it's uh, it cannot be only like instrumental. You will have value that will be embedded in those technologies. Sometimes you will have inequalities. You will have existing systems, and you really have to be aware of this. That the technology you will incorporate in city, it's not just something completely neutral that from nowhere. Mm. Like this is the example we talked, we discussed with crime prediction. Uh, like you have data uh, on which the, your AI has been trained. Uh, you have uh, stakeholders around this technology. So be aware that this technology um, is uh, uh, more than just actually uh, uh, a tool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, thank you so much for, for inspiring us. It's, uh, as you mentioned, it's like it's a very popular topic to talk about, to explore. Uh, so I, it's important for us also to, to understand it. So thank you again and keep up the good work. Thank you very much. Uh, congratulations also for, your, for a great podcast and thanks for your invitation. Thank you. <laughs>